What is up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Oh, my God. One off day. I'm feeling it. I, surprisingly, my allergies still hit me bad, and I tried not to leave the fucking house today. There you go. Yeah, um, my allergies are awful. I have a, an appointment with an allergist this week, and I can't take my allergy medicine tonight. So tomorrow, I'm just going to die. I'm going to die. My throat's going to close up, I think, and it's going to be a good time. Um, that looks like when I get stung by a bee. There you go. Yeah, it's about the same. Get a, All right. Get another way we can connect this friends. Look at yeah, that. Right. <laughs> yes, we we need to remind each other that based on our our pre-show discussion about Julio <laughs> Jones, uh, what's up, Jeff? It's good to see you. Hey, uh, so. Randy and I, I I can already tell that if we bring up this Julio trade, we're going to argue a little bit. So we're gonna wow. we're gonna touch on it very very quickly. Um, but first, obviously. Follow us at the Cut FFB if you don't already. If you're listening on the audio form, remember that we do go live every Monday night at 10:30 p.m. Eastern Standard or Daylight Time, depending on you know daylight savings time. I didn't even know the EDT was a thing until like last week. So, um, right. <laughs> if you're listening to audio form as well, just uh, go ahead and drop us a four or five star review. That would be great. We would love that. Uh, go go to the to the cutffb.com and check out Adam's new article on DeAndre Swift. Very, very well written. Very good job, Adam. Very proud of you. Um, and it's a really good, great read. Um, but tonight, we will be talking through our Dynasty wide receiver rankings, which is what brought up the topic of Julio and A.J. Brown. Um, and we're also going to be talking through some burning questions for the AFC North. But first, I, I feel the need... I feel the need. I, I, we have to talk about the Julio trade. So, but like, do, like we're gonna talk about it when we go through the rankings, though, aren't we? Like, yes, but I, I kind of want to get this out of the way. So, oh God. So, Randy and I, pre-show, we were discussing who the wide receiver one for the Titans is, and Randy says it's AJ Brown. And you know, I can, I can hear that argument, right? I think that Julio Jones is still superior to AJ Brown. And Randy, route running, yeah. Okay, route running also. I I don't. I always. I hate like. I don't think it's a one like a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You don't. uh, In Cleveland, I don't think that Tennessee now. I don't think that for the Vikings, it's definitely one A one B, and I think it's the same thing. And I think this year it's still going to be AJ Brown dynasty. It's clearly AJ Brown. Just yes. how it is. He's the stalwart of the. He's been there. He was their leader. He has the connections. It's just gonna keep going. I see. I agree. Yes, for Dynasty, AJ Brown is definitely the wide receiver one for that team. But I mean, who who's Jalen Ramsey matching up against? You know, if they if they play the Rams, is Ramsey matching up against Julio or is he matching up against AJ Brown? Would he match up? Wouldn't he just play aside? He'd probably just play aside, but and exactly. then that that goes back to it. I that's mean, why they that's why they traded for Julio right there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the Titans are they they pretty much line what AJ Brown up on the right side in in the X and Corey Davis played the Z, but Julio's only ever played X, right? So I mean, it, that's where like I don't know what they're gonna do because they have two alpha receivers. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't. It's a weird trade in the first place. It's I, I wouldn't foresee them doing something stupid like trying to change what they're trying to make AJ Brown. Uh, yeah. Why why halt his development and make him 
go from a different position, basically. Just doesn't make sense. Right. Hey, but, man, but why are they going to use Corey Davis and, or AJ? Or, oh, 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 fucking Christ. Well, no, Julio Jones in, in a Corey what, Davis role. Corey Davis is definitely the wide receiver, too. I can tell you that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, of course they will. Corey Davis had like 92 targets last year. He Julio did, was going to get 100 targets, hopefully, if he plays. And then uh, he'll, well, he'll get three touchdowns because that's fucking Julio. And that'll be it. Yeah. I will say, too, this is part of an argument against Julio that I've seen a lot today. Julio hasn't actually missed significant time in a season since 2013, if you remove last year. Obviously, last year, recency bias is at play. And Randy, you and I talked. Yes, he has been hurt during games, and he's run out there, but he still is on the field. So I wouldn't count that as like a miss. He still acts as a pretty good decoy. I mean, I don't know. Uh, how many Julio Jones shares do you have? Because if you have them, I can zero. promise you, you feel like those weeks are <laughs> misses. I can promise you. That's fair, but I have zero because his, his price was always too high. But yeah. um, still is, I'm sure. All right. Yes. All right. Let's talk through our dynasty wide receiver ranking. So we're going to talk more wide receivers. Uh, we're going to do this one exactly the way that we've done our other two positions that we've gone through. Um, which has worked out well. We're going to go 50 to 1, and we're going to go in little groups of 10-ish and go from there. So uh, wide receivers 50 through 40, I will read them off for us. Uh, Starting at 50, Henry Ruggs, 49, Rondale Moore, 48, Michael Gallup, 47, Paris Campbell, 46, LaVisca Chenault, 45, Jarvis Landry, 44, Corey Davis. Shout out that guy. Talked about him already. Uh, 43, Michael Pittman Jr., 42, Robbie Anderson, 41, Brandon Cooks. Did I say we were going to 40? Yeah, I absolutely did. Will Fuller is our 40th wide receiver. Um, First thoughts about our our group here. And remember, guys, these are consensus. This is not just Randy and I. These are... Uh, Adam is also included in our rankings, and so that's we might disagree with all of them. I, we won't, but you know, Randy, no. what are your first thoughts of our first group of ten? Uh, it's going to be a consistent thing that we have to end up saying for every group here. It's there's young guys in there, and because this position is so young, receiver dominant, and. Uh, so they're going to be peckered, uh, peppered in everywhere. <laughs> I definitely said peckered. Uh, but <laughs> it, with the mix of young guys, there's a lot of high upside later on picks. These are the, the, the in theory, like sleeper picks for dynasty startups. Um, young guys, obviously, Moore's a rookie. Ruggs is basically a rookie, it feels like. Paris Campbell's basically a rookie, it feels like. <laughs> Same with Pittman. Um, and besides that, like Brandon Cooks, older, but usually gets the job done on a team that's dog shit, and he's pretty much the only thing, so should be good. Landry is always that guy that's just going to be a wide receiver two or three. That's just who he is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he obviously had the wide receiver one years, but he's not going to have that in Cleveland. And yeah. then LaVisca, we're lower on. I mean, there's a lot of question marks for LaVisca still. Yeah, there is there are people touting him as the wide receiver one for the Jaguars and Yeah, that's just and ultimate I mean, 
I don't think we know who the wide receiver one is, but if I had to make a bet, it's it's DJ Chark. Easy uh, for me. He, yeah. <laughs> he profiles as the alpha. He has a productive year, and while he definitely had a down year last year, uh, so do the Jags. And so if we assume that the Jaguars are going to be good again and they're going to have some touchdown upside, then I assume that DJ Chark is going to be their go-to. Urban Myers come out and said he didn't play the way he needed to. He played like a small wide receiver. And they're going to work on making him play big, which makes me think that's their alpha. So, yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, this is a dynasty ranking, but I think Ruggs is probably going to be a wide receiver three. I think Moore and Gallup won't do a ton this year necessarily. Gallup has a shot depending on how lethal that passing attack is. Can't we have both Colts receivers that matter? Just point that out for anyone that doesn't remember. Uh, who cares about T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> that dude is gone. That dude yeah. could not get open. I, I think he was like third percentile against man coverage and like 10th against press or something like that last year. The dude can't get open. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's his true. only thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, his his quote about having a, a deep threat or a deep throwing quarterback and Carson Wentz being the guy that he was talking about. Um, I think he might've gotten like him and Eason confused or something in practice or yeah. Well, I'm sure Carson can throw deep. It's just, he doesn't do it accurately. Exactly. Uh, But there's, there's a good, I mean, Will Fuller, he's on a one-year deal. So there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, He played a lot of games, but was that because of some things? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) uh, He, but he, if he's playing every game, he's going to be a wide receiver too. Same with Robbie Anderson. Uh, Probably one of the Colts receivers is a three. Corey Davis, three. Landry, two or three. I mean, there's it's a good group of guys. If you have to wait at a receiver, uh, there's some young guys here and some guys that can win you now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, now, obviously, wide receiver is probably the deepest position that we'll yeah. get to talk about. Uh, there are guys that we left off our list that, uh, for example, are like a fantasy pros consensus and. And I guess we can touch on something here at the back end here. Uh, Jalen Rager is not on our list. Uh, Elijah no. Moore, uh, which well, those are guys that, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hollywood Brown as well. It looks like those three are the like main ones that yeah, we don't in have. Ho- in Hollywood was our 51. So yeah. that one's fair. I will say like we're a little bit higher on Moore. We're super high on Campbell. There's a ton of disrespect for Jacoby Myers, I think, in the community. Just a quick shout out to that guy who is yeah. going to be the wide receiver one for the Patriots. Uh, but Rager, it's he didn't do shit. He got he's a wide receiver too now. Like yeah. <laughs> on a team on his, where we don't know if we could fully trust the quarterback for throwing purposes yet. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's a fair assessment. I do think Rager moving to the slot will be good for him, but I need to see it before I rank him yeah. anywhere. Um so yeah. All right, let's move on to our thirty-nine through thirty-ish. Uh Debo Samuel at thirty-nine. <laughs> uh, t- uh Tyler Boyd at thirty-eight, thirty-seven is Curtis Samuel, thirty-six, Adam Thielen, thirty-five, Tyler Lockett, a couple of uh older guys here. 34, Rashad Bateman, 33, Jalen Waddle, 32, Jerry Judy, 31, Chase Claypool, and then 30, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, again, they, you you mix some of the, the older vets that have a year or two left, or, or maybe maybe no. you can stretch it to three for Lockett. 
Um, Lockett, I would say at least three. But he, I mean, I, I'm up, kind of up in the air with uh, Thielen because it's not like he had like a high hit count before he really caught on. But he is older. And yeah. Boyd is wide receiver two now. Could be three. Uh, you know, like <laughs> it's tough. Samuel's yeah. the two, three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the Bengals. We'll we'll get to talk about them later. Um, and I don't I don't know what Boyd is for that team. I, I think he is the safety net, which means I think he provides some fantasy value here. I I think the biggest thing for Boyd was they didn't get a tight end to give a shit about. Yes. So he now keeps that like middle. Just that's mine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's good for him. But we are a good bit higher on Bateman than like consensus from like fantasy pros and other places. And we're decently lower on Claypool and Jerry Judy. I I think both of those guys are great young talents with so much upside, but not necessarily like sturdy situations. Like obviously Claypool is the wide receiver three of his own team. Jerry Judy could be the wide receiver one if he caught the ball. Uh, and their quarterback, both quarterback situations are kind of dog shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, we're hiring Bateman for kind of the same thing, but we just kind of believe in him. Yeah. Well, and, and you can make an argument for Judy specific and Claypool, really. Uh, are they the wide receiver one for their team? For Claypool, Claypool's, we'll talk about that again later, but it's a no. With a different um, quarterback, maybe. But with it, yeah, with like a more ex- with a more explosive arm, uh, yeah. instead of throwing piss missiles for twenty yards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but and the same thing with Judy. I I remember when we were putting together our rankings, you texted I think in our group or maybe just me. Um, am I ranking him above Corlin Sutton? And I said I'm not. I I think Corlin Sutton is still their wide receiver one. People. <laughs> Recency bias is at large this year. It, it is it is yes, full fledged because Corlin Sutton. I mean, yeah. people were making like some crazy comparisons for how good he can be, and he can. He He's, had to have been like what, like dynasty wide receiver, like thirteen through like sixteen somewhere in there. Yep, coming into absolutely. last year, and and it was warranted. Like the dude is a freaking beast. He's a red zone monster. He's a contested catch type of guy and judy is a very different guy so hopefully they can both be successful but i think sutton's the alpha there which is good for judy probably one of my favorite things i've heard lately was you could make a highlight tape of judy's route running getting open on -hmm. plays where Locke just couldn't fathom looking that side (laughs) (laughs) like that says everything he gets the job done he got a high amount of targets last year Maybe that was more than what he was used to, and he just the drops seemed more worse because of that, and because they came in really key situations. So I think yeah. he's going to be a value anywhere you can get him. Claypool's, yeah. I, I, I would just have to be lower. Just I mean, he's if Juju didn't come back, he'd be much higher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he'd have opportunity. <laughs> he'd have opportunity, but what what is the value of a? deep threat kind of guy that doesn't have a quarterback that can even throw past 20 yards, but it's fair, but it, that's a short lived thing too. And this is a dynasty ranking. So you kind of have to weigh that as well. I also think people have left out 
uh, thinking that they're going to go to a lot of 12 personnel this year now with their drafting of Pat Fryermuth, which means there's two receivers, and I can guarantee you Deontay Johnson's one of them, and I can almost guarantee the other one's <laughs> Juju. Juju, yeah. Yeah, it, and it, I think they might rotate in a little bit in 12 personnel yeah. and get Claypool as a deep threat and Deontay is an underneath and then Friar Moose and Ebron and I don't know. They need those guys to block. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I'm just saying, but yeah, that's enough on that group. Let's yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's move into the next group. So Juju did make this, this graphic because I suck at making tear breaks with graphics, but enjoy, enjoy looking at this. Uh, So 29 Devonte Smith, 28 Robert Woods, 27 Brandon Ayuk. 26, Cooper Cup, 25, T. Higgins, 24, Odell Beckham Jr., 23, Amari Cooper, 22, Julio Jones, and 21, DJ Chark. Um, Randy, first thoughts of, of this group? Uh, well, <laughs> it's just a group of studs. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, the, this is the bread and butter of where a lot of people like me that go heavy running back in drafts or get one quarterback and still go heavy running back or snag one of those tight ends, and we try and figure out the receiver after, this is the bread and butter. Because you look at this list and you see just absolute killers. You have some older guys like Julio, who we're definitely higher on. Um, but, I, I, again, I don't think any of us believe Julio is necessarily going to miss like we don't think like he's going to miss like seven games. We think like he'll maybe miss one or two, and maybe he'll be banged up for another one or two. And even then, Julio's probably a wide receiver twenty-two at worst. Uh, yeah. But I I do think he's got a good three years left in him, and that's probably Ryan Tannehill's prime as well left. So it should work out well. Um, yeah. Other older guys, Cup is like twenty-seven, so he's definitely a little bit older for where people view him and Woods, obviously, same team. But they're all just going to win for you. And to some extent, I guess Odell and Cooper are considered older thanks to the last two draft classes of wide receivers. But uh, yeah. I, there's just a lot of guys I love here, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to harp too much on Odell uh, or really any of the AFC North because we will get to talk a lot about them <laughs> in a little bit, especially those those two right there. Um, but the, the one I wanted to bring up, so I think in my rankings, I have woods over cup. Now it is the only reason that you would have cup over woods. And I don't know that you do. Um, would it just be age? Because I know woods has a couple years on cup. Um, I have cup over woods for sure. You have the back to back with woods over cup. Adam has it. Cup Woods. Uh, so I think they're so damn close. And then you go into, I don't know necessarily how they're going to play into this offense now because neither really are what Matthew Stafford's thrived at over the years. Like, there's honestly the one that's going to be that is Van Jefferson. And I don't know <laughs> if we want to get into that kind of conversation today. No. Um, but both we these don't. guys are so, so good. They're very versatile. They both get basically the same stats every year. Woods usually gets more targets, and he gets the running plays, but Cup gets the touchdowns. Yeah. So it's kind of like we'll get to – we talked about the Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. It's a lot like that relationship. Ironically, 
more than one way. Um, <laughs> but either way, I, I the age, slight age, because I think Woods is like 30. Uh, it's not a huge difference. So that puts them maybe like one or two up, and then they have the same kind of role. One is more maybe a little bit more consistent thanks to the touchdown, so just a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah, this is a group, like you said, that I'm I'm definitely targeting. I've again I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Uh but I saw Julio ranked at wide receiver forty four tonight. I I understand the reasoning, but if people are gonna rank Julio Jones that low, I am gonna scoop him in every fucking graph that I'm in. Every single yeah. one. Well which you say that, but we're in a lot of drafts together, so you probably won't. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll have to fight you for yeah, it. But. Exactly. But in general, it, like even the young guys here, uh, like Ayuk and Higgins, they've had some success, but we're a lot lower than consensus on them just because, I mean, Ayuk did a lot of his damage when Debo was not there, and Higgins did a lot of damage last year but he's now clearly the two i think he was probably the two last year still thanks to over targeting to aj green but i think he could still coexist with chase i just it's hard to picture how all three truly thrive unless they're throwing like astronomical numbers which means that we should probably taper off Mixon, and i don't want to do that so this is where they land (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be something we talk about here in a bit. So let's get right into our wide receivers 20 through 11. So 20, Cortland Sutton, 19, Deontay Johnson, 18, Kenny Galladay, 17, Mike Evans, 16, Jamar Chase, 15, Keenan Allen, 14, Chris Godwin, 13, DJ Moore. And then the start of the wide receiver ones with 12 and 11, C.D. Lamb and Michael Thomas. Um, first thoughts here. Uh, well, I will say quickly, I forgot to mention it. Like, we're a good amount lower to Mari Cooper. He was in our last graphic at 23. Most places, he's like 14 to 17. Um, and I think that's just our belief in CD Lamb and somewhat Gallup. So, just want to point that out why he's a little bit lower for us. But for this group, uh, up to 11, ultra, ultra, ultra close to consensus. Obviously, we have CD Lamb up here for that reason pushing Namari down and every one of these guys has a shot or will be a wide receiver one this year. Like you got the, you got again, a few older guys that have shown out every single year and Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans are consistent gods. They will get it done every year, no matter the situation it seems. And they're going to do it again this year. Um, the young guys, CD lambs already shown out. DJ Moore's already shown out. Godwin, same thing. Deontay, same thing. Kenny G, same thing. But he's got to be a little bit lower because a new situation. Cortland Sutton, he's he's got to be a little higher because he's the only one that's actually producing that offense. Uh, besides no fan, I guess. But Jamar Chase, highest rookie. Um, I don't hate it. He is an incredible elite prospect. And he's in a great situation with his former quarterback. And in one year's time, his former offensive coordinator. Uh, being his head coach. So <laughs> Chase no, is dude. in a fantastic situation. He is going to kill it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he is in people's top five next year. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't doubt that that would be 
possible. Uh, I'm just in the camp that I'm going to speak Joe Brady into the Chicago Bears head coaching job. And uh, so everyone is speaking Joe Brady into the Cardinals, the Bears, the Lions, even, which is quite rude. Uh, (laughs) And then the Bengals. And it's going to be one of them, obviously. But yeah. If he wants to leave, I mean, maybe he turns Sam Darnold around and they make the playoffs and then he stays. But, but see, um, that's the thing. If he does turn Sam Darnold around, he's going to be offered so much money. So, yeah. so much money. Something ridiculous. but like a, uh, like a Gruden contract. Like he's getting that. Probably. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, first thing on this list for me. Um, now, I don't know where Cortland Sutton lands in consensus. I'm trying to look it up here. It's 23. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking at that right now. Uh, so t- he's at 23 on consensus. He's at 20 for us. So we are a little higher. I'm actually shocked yeah. that that's consensus for Cortland Sutton. Uh, most people are still higher on, on Jerry Judy. Uh, the one name in here that I just don't know if he belongs well, for for one reason or another, and this is a guy that I've loved for a long, long time, Kenny Galladay, I don't, I don't know what his upside is in New York. Uh, just with how many different guys have to touch the ball, and the fact that we don't know what their quarterback situation looks like after this year and next year, I am uncertain my, about. My thing talent. is their offense has been dog shit. I think he gets ultra peppered with targets, and he's just by far in a way the target leader in every every category. And he reminds people why he was so good a year ago <laughs> with Stafford. Now, and we know Jones, he's not like a great deep throw or anything, but he can get it done, at least on occasion. Um, a healthy Saquon should help this offense in general. And yes. I, I just, like, we're higher consensus for Galladay. Like, he's about 22 for places. Um, but I... Just the pure talent has him up higher for us, I think. It, yeah. Which, which I it, mean, he, he could get a different quarterback. I mean, that can happen, but <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, no, I think it's a good thing. But yeah. the fact that we just don't know who it might be, and it, and it might be Daniel Jones, you know, shout out to to Steffi Smalls, who I, I tweet some bad things about Daniel Jones, and then I kind of feel bad because I'm not 100% sold that he's bad. Um, cause he, he's flashed a little bit of potential. I don't think it's going to be a Josh Allen like rise, but I also think that he See, could be better this year. And, and that's the shit that makes people want to tweet negative stuff because the people that are t- tweeting all the positive stuff are tweeting ridiculous things. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, he's, absolutely. he's going to be this year's Josh Allen. He's going to completely correct all mistakes and he's going to be an absolute ridiculous person. <laughs> And yeah. he's got he's gonna be Josh Allen, but he doesn't have the arm and he's worse accuracy wise, but he's gonna improve it to the same about that Josh it's it's just I don't see it. I'm not saying he can't be the quarterback of the future. And fantasy wise, he's always a good option because he can run. I mean he's gonna fumble it, but he can run. I mean Josh yeah. Allen fumbles too, so it's not nothing there. It's yeah. it's just always like an extreme with the positive people. So it seems like a lot of negative people have to go the other extreme, but it's really definitely more in the middle where we're just up up in the air, really. 
Yeah. Uh, I did want to mention one guy that I am slightly higher on than our consensus. I think I'm the reason that he got up where he is uh, from that list is DJ Moore. Uh, the dude is has been ultra productive with ultra bad quarterbacks play for the most part. And I think we're in for like a true breakout, even though like he's been very, very good already. Uh, but I think wide receiver one, is in his cards, not the wide receiver one maybe this year, but I think down the road you could see that out of DJ Moore. I think that's in his realm of possibilities. I I love DJ Moore's talent. And it's it's one of those situations where again now there's three receivers uh that are going to get targeted and we get McCaffrey back, hopefully, and that's a huge amount of targets right there. Um I think yeah. Darnold's gonna have a great year. Obviously, I ranked DJ Moore at 13, so he's perfect for me. Uh, You had him slightly higher, add him a little bit lower. It it just it fits neat here because this is where like he's he's a top level talent that can be a wide receiver one any year. If he has an ultra breakout, he's going to be killing it. He's going to be in that top end conversation next year. I mean, but we're he's got to be down still slightly because we still have question mark at quarterback necessarily. Yeah. And also, I do want to mention that we're higher than most consensus places. So maybe I'm You're just greedy. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I right, mean, let, consensus is like 15-ish, and that's our lowest ranking between the three of us. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's get into our 10 through 6. So 10, Allen Robinson. 9, Terry McLaurin. 8, DeAndre Hopkins. 7, A.J. Brown. 6, Stefan Diggs. Randy, I know you disagree with the A.J. Brown, but other than that, what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, Alan Robinson Hopkins. Older, get it done no matter what. Easy top 10, in my opinion. Uh, especially Alan Robinson with a honestly upgraded quarterback, no matter who it is. Uh, <laughs> like, even if it is Dalton for the first bid or the whole season even, I think it's a decent upgrade, or at least nothing worse than he had and he's been a wide receiver one or just off every year uh hopkins we thought could taper down not a fucking chance so not gonna go against that again uh and Diggs coming off an absolute god year with less competition now (laughs) so i i mean it's hard for it's hard for me that Diggs isn't in the top five i'm not even sure i ranked him top five i'm just saying like I ranked him fifth, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so just, he's just so good. And he's quite possibly the best route runner in the NFL. Uh, I'm not having that kind of argument today. Uh, but <laughs> he's, go- he's got a great quarterback situation right now. A.J. Brown's got a great quarterback situation right now. Hopkins is a good one. Terry, hit or miss for right now. I think that's why he's got to stay this kind of low. And same with Robinson. Uh Hopefully, field steps in good enough. But uh, yeah. of yeah. those guys, who do you want to talk? <laughs> what is your thoughts before we talk about Brown? I mean, I think I think a lot of what Diggs did um, was a little unsustainable. Um, I think that where he thrived was when Josh Allen went off script, and so are we going to see that again? I'm not going to get into the Ben Solak, Josh Allen, Bills war. Um, but I think what Benjamin Solak said about Josh Allen made a lot of sense. And then I went and I watched a few highlights and 
And most of Josh Allen's highlights come on plays that broke down and then Diggs well, ran wide open across the middle because you can't contain Diggs for that long. Now, are they going to still be able to do it this year? Probably. I, I don't know who's going to stop them from doing that. And like you said, Diggs is such a good route runner. The talent's always been there. It's just the consistency wasn't, and now it is. Uh, well, and consistency wasn't there because of Thielen as well and yeah. quarterback play and the offense. But, I, man, I don't like that argument against Allen, though, because what, like, what, what are highlight plays for Rodgers, Russell Wilson? Lamar, that's it's true. all yeah. it's Mahomes. It's all broken down plays that they make a play. Like that's it's just not that's a good true. argument to me. Like there's if it's a broken down play and they make a play, it's always gonna be a fucking highlight. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the point is that like the the arrogant arm stuff. You get that like Aaron Rodgers has an arrogant arm and yeah. sometimes doesn't know when to check down and. You're gonna you're gonna live and die by that though. Like Aaron yeah, Rodgers Dick's, was lost in the playoffs because of that. Well, it, this is fantasy. I'm not talking Super Bowl here. I know. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> but Diggs isn't the short route. That's Beasley. That's Knox. No, that's I know. Whatever half-ass running backs out there. Uh, so, <laughs> literally. I mean, honestly, like I think because they didn't upgrade really at tight end, it only bolsters Diggs for me. Uh, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's hit or miss with that. AJ uh, Brown, we have to do it quick. Uh, yeah. Quickly for me, I have him four. Adam has him at six. You have him at eleven. I do. Hence his seventh overall ranking. I, I, I obviously consensus is like two. So yeah. I I agree that that's high. Um, but I think it's a bit of dynasty ranking putting the young stud up yeah. uh, for me obviously we'll get to the top five but i think there's a clear top two and no one should argue that <laughs> even if they are slightly older like i think it's just clear to me um yeah. aj brown i did i had him at three i bumped him down one spot because of the trade i think it does cap upside for the next two to three years which may be the only bit of tana hill that matters left so it does raise some questions. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with all those statements. I think he's still clearly the 1A because this is his offense. And I, don't, I think he, he keeps his deep threat route role as well as continuing to get a better route tree. And Julio is going to be... A lot of the times, I think Julio is going to get the top coverage still because just respect to Julio. If he doesn't lose a step, which I don't anticipate him losing a step, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I hear you. Um, now, AJ Brown finished as wide receiver 12 last year and he was ultra, ultra efficient. I guess my ranking of him, it actually has less to do with Julio than it does with AJ, AJ Brown or, or really anything. It has more to do with the fact that they lost Arthur Smith. And I don't know how much faith I'm putting into that offense yet because I don't think it looks the same. And then if it doesn't look the same and A.J. Brown gets 120 or 130 targets, then yeah, sure, I'm going to be wrong on him. But what happens when he stays at 100 um, and then they decide to throw to freaking Josh Reynolds 50 times? You know, I, I know there are such things as vacated targets and people can argue that they're real or they're not. 
Um, but I just I want to see it before I'm drafting AJ Brown. I mean, I, I think uh, there are people that are drafting AJ Brown with like top five overall picks, and I just I can't get there, and I'll never have another share of AJ Brown if that's the case. I think you're going to see a little bit of a fade here. Uh, and and again, I didn't really fade because of Julio because they have that they had no one to catch the ball. It was just going to be AJ Brown, which was why I could see the justification for a top five. But alas, yeah, I am I, the low one. For for me, it's eleven. It's just too low for me. That that's my biggest thing. Uh, I know you still ranked him as wide receiver one. I think he's clearly top ten just because of what he's done in the age. But I understand all of your arguments, so that's it's just that's fair. All right, let's get into the the good stuff, the top five here. So at five, we have Calvin Ridley. At four, we have DK Metcalf. Three, Justin Jefferson. Two, Devontae Adams. And one, Tyreek Hill. Um, I guess it's worth noting that Justin Jefferson's probably here because of me, right? I feel as though he is. Uh, that, well, I mean, he's just at three. Uh, so you have him at two. Adam has him at four. I have him at six. Um, yeah, I think it's just weird. I, I think people, you can have him this high. It's just you're also not baking in the fact that Cousins may be gone into this year. And I think that's ludicrous to not add that into Dynasty rankings. So I have down a little bit. Um, I don't think it's actually you that have him up there. <laughs> uh, maybe it is you because you have DK a little bit lower. So maybe it just puts him slightly. But for us, it's a clear one, too, of Hill and Adams. And Adams is consensus one. I think he should be one. The only reason he isn't one is because you ranked him three. And Hill got a one, two, and a one. Adams got a one, two, and a three. I mean, it's very, very close. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I I understand why. uh, Because Hill's tied to a, a better quarterback for longer. So I definitely get it. I think next year it might be that, but. Yeah, so so my I guess my argument for Justin Jefferson, going back to your point about Kirk Cousins, Kirk's been very good, uh, one of yeah. the more underrated guys in the league. But I also don't know that if they go out and upgrade from Kirk, I don't. I I mean I think but it's going to be an upgrade. It right? may not be an upgrade though. It it could be Kellen Mond. See, I don't see that as a. I, I guess I should see it as, as a possibility, yeah. but I don't see that as a path that the Vikings would take unless they go full tank mode for a couple it, of years. It could be Drew Locke. It could be Trubisky. It could be Bridgewater. It could be... It uh, won't be he, Teddy again. He uh, probably won't be going back to so. <laughs> He could. He could. I mean, but, that's, but that's what I mean. Like, I'm baking in that this could be the last year of Cousins, and it could be a year of an a veteran, an older veteran, or a young veteran trying to get a second shot, or it could be Mond. And at that bet, I mean, Jefferson could still get a ton of targets and be great. Uh, I still think he'd easily be top 10, but uh, it's a little bit lower for me. Yeah, I hear you. And then, I mean, Devontae you know, being three. So I have, I have Jefferson at two and Devontae at three. And the only thing that I baked into that was no, I mean, the chance that Aaron Rodgers isn't there is definitely looming. And, you do and, for one, not the other? What the fuck? Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> losing Aaron Rodgers versus losing Kirk Cousins, that's where, like, 
Mm, I do, and also the immediacy. Like I know Kirk is for sure their quarterback this year, and so that's why I would rank him there. So, so, you, but so, are you saying that if Rodgers came out tomorrow and said I'm for sure the Packers quarterback this year and for the rest of my career, is Adam back to one? Is he the two? Two. He'd be the two. Okay. I think. So, so yes, I mean, and rankings are always fluid, and okay. I, I update, I update, but I also just have a lot of doubts that Aaron Rodgers does play there. I still think I think Devonte Adams is pretty quarterback proof, but he's not quarterback proof to the point that I wouldn't bump someone up above him. Damn. He's still a top three receiver for me, and, like, that's, and that's from the lone Jordan Love believer. Listen to that, yeah. folks. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's <laughs> tough, man. It's it's, it's it's a little tough. Um, there's no we anymore. There might have been a we at one point. They're all gone. That no one believes. There's there's one or two left. I've, I've maybe in Green Bay. Maybe. Yeah. It, 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 with the Rodgers, quickly. I if he sits, I I think he's just done. Like he's yeah. not at an age where he can. It's not Watson where he could set out. Obviously, I'm not talking about the other things, but. Like for just pure football, Watson could sit out and be perfectly fine, and honestly, probably just be healthier. Uh, besides that, Houston fucking offensive line. Uh, <laughs> whereas Rodgers, if he sits, he he's literally cutting off a, a year. Like, it, well, obviously that's for everyone, but I mean, like, he only has a limited, a limited, limited amount of years left. And yeah. if to just purely waste one, just does not seem like a possibility to me. I think yeah. it's way more likely that they just fire the GM and try and trade for anything to make him happy. <laughs> give they are they're gonna cut someone and give him more money too. It's that's what's gonna happen. I hope so, man. They really need to. But all right, that'll do it for our dynasty wide receiver rankings. Again, those are our consensus rankings. I'm sure we'll oh. have updated ones later. What's up? Quickly, Ridley at five. He's not in the top five for a good amount of places. We have him there. Me and Christian both loved him last year. Christian definitely a little bit more bullish than myself. Definitely give credit there. Uh, he's going to stay there. He's clearly the number one target now. He's going to get a ton of targets. I will say he doesn't have a full repertoire of going against the corner one. So there might be some correlation to where a, a little bit of times numbers drop off. But there is a good amount of research, thanks to Julio being banged up, uh, where he plays with Julio and without Julio, and without Julio, he's still a god. With Julio, he's still a god. So yeah, yeah, it, it's good to note that too because uh, most of the arguments around Calvin Ridley are, oh, his legs are tiny, he's gonna get hurt. Well, that's not a really sound argument to me. Uh, the dude Fucking, is just. Good I'll tell you football. what, Julio's legs aren't tiny, and I swear that dude's ankles and feet are broken every day. So that's very true. Yeah, yeah, that's facts. Um, all right, that'll do it for our dynasty wide receiver rankings. Again, these are fluid guys. We will update at certain times. I don't know when the next update will come. Probably not until you know uh, some new things happen, yeah, which I, I don't know if new things will happen before the season. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at there. Anything else to add before we move into our burning questions? Nope. All right. Then it is time to do just that. So our burning questions segment, we are going through three questions for every team. And this week we are talking about the AFC North. Uh, so definitely going to be a fun one for us because we are Browns fans. If you've listened to the podcast, you do know that. Um, and so let's try to save the Browns for last. 
Um, we're gonna rotate the the order around here, but I put them in all pretty alphabetical order, and you just gonna do that to me. You sure did, yeah. But it, we're we're gonna have to save the Browns. Uh, That's fair. The, I don't, it's fun hour. Keep okay. keep the listeners on there. No, it's fine. All right. Uh, the three questions for the Cincinnati Bengals. I will read them off. Then we will go back through and we will answer them. Twenty twenty one only. How do the wide receivers finish? Second question, can Joe Mixon succeed as a workhorse in this offense behind that offensive line? And then number three, should we have lower expectations for Joe Burrow also tied into that shitty offensive line? Randy, first question, what's your answer? Okay, now this is difficult. Um, (laughs) I will have Jamar Chase uh, as a wide receiver two. Uh, and then I will put T. Higgins as a wide, a late like wide receiver, thirty-five, thirty-six, and Boyd wide receiver, thirty-nine, forty. It, it is a weird. I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's just one of the, one of those teams that are just completely three wide receiver. You know, one's the the top dog, but you don't know how the rest of it's going to go. And I hate it. I just absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I actually think Boyd is going to be the two um, ahead of be, T this year. He, uh, he could be, but Burrow's not necessarily like a check down guy. But he also, like, he's got like a what? Like an eight like yards per target. He which does. Is good. I mean, that's the same as like Herbert. So. It is. It is. But the thing that worries me, and hopefully Jamar Chase fixes this, and that way T can be your intermediate, Jamar Chase can kind of be your deep threat, and then Boyd can work underneath um, with Mixon hopefully sprinkling in some catches as well, which we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, I mean, Burrow could not throw accurately deep last year, and he knows that, and he was working on that already, and he's planning on his uh, injured knee already. So things are looking good for Burrow. I need to see Burrow get a lot better before I have a a ton of confidence in all three of these guys. But for this year, I mean, I think I'd take Jamar Chase as like a a high-end wide receiver two, Boyd as a low-end two, and then T as a three. I do think they're going to be throwing a shit ton. I think that's what they want to do. I don't know that they necessarily got the pieces on their offensive line to justify it. but I, I think they're going to want to, at least. You know, everybody wants things. Yeah, that, uh, that, line, that line's still scary. It's, it's going to hurt all facets. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird offense. It's an offense that could be ultra-explosive. It's an offense that could piss us off. Yeah, and there's a chance that Taylor gets fired within the first quarter of the season and then we have no idea what it looks like but uh (laughs) what it looks like (laughs) yeah it'd it'd be very bad uh all right question number two can joe mixon succeed as a workhorse specifically behind that bad offensive line randy why is it no um well from our rankings it's definitely yes but the reason it's a no is because one they're not going to be a good team so that's going to limit game script opportunities uh, there's going to be times where he's off the field. It's not going to be anywhere near as bad as it was the last couple of years with Gio Bernard there, but there will be some times where he's off the field. 
and I, I there's just a couple times where I'm just not quite sure where I'm going to be ultra excited on the guy. Um, and with that line being so bad, they're they're going to be just plugging up holes for him. He's going to get hit in the backfield. That was his biggest issue last year, in my opinion, was just being hit in the backfield as he touched the ball. And then, obviously, it got worse once Burrow was down for obvious reasons and very fair reasons at that. But full year Burrow, I think it should be a little bit better. But it's very clear the concern from people. He's had some injury issues. So there's recency bias there, too. That's The line is going to be the reason that he wouldn't be an RB1, specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the line is definitely still a problem. They upgraded uh, their guard position with Jackson Carmen, which is probably, like, I'll be shocked if he wins the job. <clears throat> like, I don't think he's that good. Um, no. He's probably going to play because they invested high capital in him, but they did upgrade the right side with Riley Reef. Uh, so I do think the tackles are okay this year with Jonah Williams and Riley Reef, but outside of that, like, there's nothing to be excited about. And Honestly, like Mixon, if he's going to be successful, they want to run him in between the tackles. I mean, he's going to have to get a lot of work done in the first half. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's a scary thing to talk about. Like, this offense can definitely be volatile enough and be so strong in the passing game that they're leading games. They're definitely going to win more games, in my opinion. But it's it's going to be hard for him to get 70 yards in the first half with that line. So, yeah, no, I feel that. All right. And then, third question Should we have lower expectations for Joe Burrow? This isn't meant to be a bash sesh of the uh, the offensive line down there in Cincinnati, but it, but it is. And, <laughs> and it's because, again, like they made it, it, it was a good pick to pick Jamar Chase. Obviously, from a pure football standpoint, I would have preferred them take. Sewell, but again, that's just a pure football take at it. Chase is going to be great there. It's a perfect fit, great scenario and everything. But when they had, when they did that, they had to nail the second round lineman pick. And a good chance they had to nail a third or fourth round lineman pick as well to make up for losing a generational type talent. And Sewell, uh, maybe not generational necessarily, but uh, an elite, elite prospect either way. They didn't do that. They they absolutely whiffed. Uh, Carmen could be a serviceable guard, starting guard for the next decade. I'm not going to disagree with that. Do I think he's a good prospect? No. I think he was a shit tackle, uh, an average one at best at a good school that boosted his draft stock. I, I think it was a bad pick. All any way you could scratch it, especially with the guys on the board. It makes the Raiders' slight reach of Leatherwood look like the best pick in the world, in my opinion. That like that's how bad I hate that pick. Like Carmen was a third round at best prospect for me. Had no business being the top of the second round pick. Absolute waste of a pick. Yeah, yeah, man. And then yeah. and then you pile in. Burrow had major injury, and there hasn't really been a quarterback that. And he was a QB one most weeks when he played. Uh, this is going to limit the running ability for the, at least the first half of the year. There hasn't been a quarterback that just blown his knee or Achilles or anything like that and then just came back the next year and was like, yeah, just pick right back up. We're easily a quarterback one again. No, no, no. He's going to be 
a quarterback two for most of the year. He's going to have quarterback one weeks. I think he's a quarterback one in dynasty, like for the future, clearly. And he's got a great offense uh, with kind of a shit offense or a shit coach. But it got to taper the expectations, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I already have built in my tapered expectations for Joe Burrow. I'm not like bumping him down regarding anything really moving forward. I have him around 16 or 17, I believe, uh, right behind Baker Mayfield, who we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Uh, Just Joe Burrow, people hype up his running ability as if it was like something outstanding. It was very, you know, Carson Wentz when he was good. It was was, like an average. It's not Daniel Jones even. No, like, no, it's not. It's and like Baker. Not even. Like it's yeah. Baker once. Like it's a normal. Yeah. It's a it's an average level of running. Yeah, it's nowhere yeah. near elite. <laughs> yeah, and when you take all of that away, <clears throat> and and again, it it wasn't super impactful on his overall finish, but it, I mean, when you take that away, at least for this year, then you're looking at a debt like like you said QB two most weeks he'll definitely have QB one weeks assuming that he is healthy assuming that that line can keep him that way so yeah uh, Joe Burrow is just a guy I mean I have a share I have him in that contract league and I think that's it I mean I'm I'm not really going out and reaching for Joe Burrow especially and we haven't even talked about I mean we did a little bit but his issues throwing the ball deep were real and. We have to assume that Jamar Chase helps that because that's familiar, but it could also just be a – everyone says it was because he was getting hit all the time. Well, in clean pockets, he couldn't throw deep either. So there's something that's not clicking, and I don't think the major knee injury is going to fix that. So I I don't know, man. It's crazy. uh, Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens, the three questions that we have. Uh, I, I kind of dumbed them down. We have a very long list of questions and we'll expand hey. a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> first one, can Lamar take a, a leap as a passer now that he has some real weapons? Uh, number two, a, this is very relevant today. We didn't get to the Gus Bus signing news, but uh, J.K. Dobbins' expectations are, I mean, people fought about that all day on Twitter, so we'll talk about that. And then where do the Ravens finish in the AFC North? I built that one in. Um, And so let's start with the first one, because I think a lot of the main question is, can Lamar take a leap as a passer? And will the Ravens pass more because of it? So I obviously we have to preface any of this talk because people just assume we're trying to bash Lamar. Uh, he is a QB. He's probably the QB one, I would say, if we're just talking running. There's not even a problem. He's the QB one if we're talking about running. Uh, and he's finished number one overall and 10th overall when he's actually been the full time starter. Uh, he's had not awful completion percentage. He's at 66 and 64, but there's a dick ton of checkdowns and quick passes and screens and quick scene throws to uh, Mark Andrews. There's a lot of bailout stuff there. When you see 66, 64% completion, when you see 3,100 yards and 2,700 yards, you understand what was going on. <laughs> you understand they were running the ball down people's throat, and he was barely throwing the ball four or five yards, and they were winning. So it's definitely not a detriment to what he does as a player. It's it, You added in Bateman, who many people think is just going to purely elevate this passing offense, and it's going to be 
the it's going to be the digs for Allen for Lamar. That's not fucking happening. No, I I just want that out of the way. Uh, they tried to let Lamar throw the ball more. They started last year throwing much more in the first like four or five games, I believe. Uh, and it, I I put in here. Yeah, they struggled early because of it. They tried to let him cook like the Seahawks were letting Russ cook, and Russ was killing it. Lamar was killing them. That's the fucking difference. Uh, let's, uh, and you added Bateman, and you added Watkins. It's, it's still not an elite receiving core by any means. I love Hollywood Brown. I love Bateman. And obviously Mark Andrews is an absolute stud. I love Duvernay for what he is as well. I think this is well above any passing attack that a lot of quarterbacks have had in their career i think he should be able to elevate and be better will he no so that's i i have no faith in the mars to throw it anymore <laughs> i and that's, i i was and i was the one out here last year that was giving him all the props saying he was going to elevate uh saying that him and josh allen needed to make huge leaps and they would be easy the top two three quarterbacks for the next 10 years uh, allen yeah. fucking did it lamar didn't yeah, yeah, and I, there's a part of me that that agrees with you, and then the there's smart another. Part. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're right. you're probably right. So here's the thing: Lamar is okay. Uh, he's actually very, very good in the short to intermediate, and you you acknowledge Fuck. that. Yeah, I can be good in the short to intermediate. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and I say he's very good in the short to intermediate. I mean. He did have Mark Andrews bailing him out on some poorly placed throws, and, and Mark Andrews has some good hands, and that's going to be Bateman for them now uh, because that's where Bateman's going to work. Um, that's where Duvernay's going to work when he finally gets on the field more than he should have last year, um, or more than he did last year. He should have been on the field a ton more. Um, yeah. I think Lamar can take a leap, and it won't be because Lamar actually took a leap. It will be because the other stuff opens up some of the deep lanes. So when he had to throw into coverage, that's when he sucked. Um, he can't. He, he I, I, Again, I don't want this to sound like we're bashing Lamar, but there were too many times that he left touchdowns on the field because he could not place the ball on Hollywood Brown, who was running, you know, with a, a good amount of separation, like, like two to three yards, NFL separation. Yeah, um, NFL it was literally two to six yards every single time. And when you have that speed, if you have a good deep ball, that becomes 10 to 15 yards. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's what we saw last year for a ton of teams. That's what we see every year for Tyree Kill. We'll never see that for the Ravens is my biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah, I fear you might be right. Uh, what I think, though, is that I hope they cook up a scheme that allows them to at least maximize what he can do, and then we'll see if he can grow. But that's enough bashing on Lamar. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins, who we're probably going to well, I'm gonna bash. bash as so, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today, Gus Edwards signed a two-year extension uh, worth $10 million. Not really backup money, not really starter money. So um, kind of that in-between where they're it's a role, it's a role player money. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, not a handcuff, that's for sure. So, J.K. Dobbins, people are ranking him in the top 10 for their dynasty running back rankings. They're ranking him in the top 10 for redraft rankings. Where, What are your expectations for J.K. Uh, in 2021 and then kind of as long as 
Gus is there. So the next couple of years. So I was I, actually the lowest on Dobbins when we did our dynasty rankings. I put him at 14 uh, because I didn't necessarily think that Gus was leaving fully. And I just figured they were going to draft yet another guy anyways to take away carries. This is forever going to be a heavy running offense. going to forever be a committee offense running the ball. And just because it's heavy running offense, they think that means that Dobbins is going to get 700 carries or some stupid <laughs> shit. Uh, he was RB24 last year. He had a good year. He had 134 carries, 800 yards, nine touchdowns. Nine fucking touchdowns is good. <laughs> and if you have him as a lock for the top 10, why? Ingram gone? Ingram, Ingram didn't fucking play. This is the same team yeah. running the ball. You still have Lamar dominating the carries. You still have Gus Edwards, a very, very serviceable role player that at times looked better than every running back they had. He, exactly. he is a great burst running back. Obviously, Dobbins is the one-cut god, but it, it doesn't matter. He's clearly the one. There's no debate there. He's going to have RB1 weeks. No debate there as well. But he's not getting 250, 300 carries. And he's, I mean, you have to expect him. If you are giving him a lock for top 10, you have to think he's getting 230 carries and probably like four receiving touchdowns. I mean, you're expecting a lot. I don't understand why we think there's this enormous leap in production and, and touches. Where's the, yeah. where's, where's the, the target share that left? I, I don't see it. So, so you, made, you made a good point there. Um, so in 2019, when Mark Ingram was the RB 10 or 11, depending on your format, uh, he only had 202 carries. He was ultra efficient with them. He had his second best statistical year. Uh, and he had 10 touchdowns and also five touchdowns through the air. So that year, Mark Ingram, uh, to be an RB1, he had to score 15 fucking touchdowns. That is why the expectation for J.K. Dobbins has always been, since people started ranking him in the top 10, in my opinion, that is just way, way too, uh, I guess, bullish, too excited about what, could be if he got the 250 he's not getting 250 though no, um, I, I think i think gus probably out carries him this year i don't know i don't think that's possible but like i think he probably gets 200 right around their carries he's probably gonna get a thousand yards like no he's a great running back there's no disrespect here and he's yeah. probably gonna get six or seven touchdowns yep. and then maybe he, i i would if I had to bet on his touchdown count for this year, I'd say ten total. Yeah, and yeah, and you and in this right. offense with the split backfield, you need at least thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like, yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, all right, we're running out of time here. So one word answer: Where do the Ravens finish in the AFC North, Randy? Oh, <laughs> second. Oh damn! When I just put expectations on us. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, I also. I hate it. Second. I'm I only. Gonna, I'm gonna say second because of changes. Basically, um, I I think they are gonna try to adapt the offense, be more passing. I don't see it working well yet again. Uh, I think there's a lot of changes on defense, and they're getting older. I think that's gonna be a little bit of slight issue at times. 
I still think they're getting at least 10 wins in their playoff team. I'm just, it's, yeah. it's a fucking death division. There <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Three of the four teams should have playoff expectations and we'll yes. roll right into one of the other teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, three questions for them. Realistic expectations for Najee Harris in his rookie year for 2021 only. Same question as the Bengals question. How do the wide receivers finish? And then three, the Steelers defensive defense and special teams is being drafted pretty highly. I would assume they're being drafted as the one based on current ADP. Is it worth it to give them higher draft capital to get them on your fantasy roster? Randy, realistic expect- expectations for Najee Harris. Ready, go. RB2. And RB2, and, right? <laughs> and RB2. And RB2. So I, it seems like Fantasy Twitter thinks he's a lock for top eight, top five. Uh, it's been fucking ridiculous. I know a lot of it's probably dynasty consideration, but like, if you even have Najee in a tweet that doesn't say, Something that would like cup his balls at least, like just make him feel a little good. Like people just attack you for no reason. Like it just, I understand that's what fantasy Twitter's been of late, but my God, dude, like <laughs> he's yeah. a good running back with a, a ha- an average offensive line with a shit quarterback that will dump it down, but he's dumping it down to Deontay. <laughs> Yeah. So like now she's not getting 150 targets. I don't understand why people <laughs> think that. Well, well, Ben's gonna dump it down. That means now she's getting a dick ton, right? It's, no, it's gonna go to the guy that got over 10 targets every fucking game he was healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My thing with Najee, I I do think like I think he's gonna get some of the dump down work, right? Like James Conner worked yeah, in that. I mean, but how high value is your target if? Now, I know targets are more valuable than uh, carries. I get that, especially in PPR, full PPR, uh, which is what we largely play. But when your targets are coming within five yards of the line of scrimmage, then you're looking at, well, is Najee really going to be super dynamic after the catch? He was at Alabama because he ran swing routes. I mean, he was he was he got the Jonathan Taylor type of uh passing work and so can he get that for the Steelers yes are they gonna throw him the ball like that probably not he's gonna run a route he's gonna stop three yards downfield he's gonna turn around he's gonna catch the ball and then he's gonna have to turn and make a play and I don't know that that's Najee's specialty um no I'm sorry guys Najee is not not uh bulletproof he's not he does have flaws and I would say that would be one of them is catching the ball turning and making a play so I, I think you're right. I think he'll be in RB2 this year, uh, but the the expectations for him have, have gotten just out of hand. I, I mean, and for him to be like a one, I, I think he gets a good amount of carries. I think he's a clear workhorse, but they have a lot of running backs that they're going to try and use. Traditionally, it's a one-back system, but that hasn't worked out for them health-wise in what, like four years? So you'd have to think they're going to bake in some relief for the guy, especially because he got a, a ton of workload at Bama near the end of his career, at least. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, so he's got to get a ton of touchdowns or a ton of touches through the air. I think he gets a above average or average at both of those. So RB2. 
and that's that's a great fucking year for a rookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It for sure is. All right, uh, for twenty twenty one only, how do the wide receivers finish? You can you don't need to give them like a a status, but just the ranking of them. Okay, uh, like just like wide receiver one, two, three, four type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just like the babies. Okay, Deontay Johnson, uh, wide receiver one weeks, wide receiver two. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, back end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Chase Claypool, wide receiver one weeks, wide receiver four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I think I would take... Deontay is a two, Juju is a three, Chase is a three. I do think that that's possible just from the touchdown work. Yeah, but he just got like three targets a game, you know, like. <laughs> it's very true. Again, it was a rookie, but and it's just still, if if I can't like just bake in because Juju left an extra five to ten targets a game, like, why would I? Especially if they're. If not, she's going to be a god. They're going to run the ball more. So that's, is he still going to just get three targets? Because he's not going to be a wide receiver one with that or even a wide receiver two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of the Steelers offense. I think it's going to be a lot worse than people think. And I think that sucks for fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even when I say a two for Deontay, I think it's a back end two personally. But um, I go mid only. It just, I don't think the touchdowns will be there because it just hasn't been. But he's a target god, and he's good with it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, one word answer again for this one: uh, Steelers defense worth no. the higher draft capital. It's just no. It, I literally I put this question in there because the Steelers defense was elite last year, at least when they were healthy. There's no question. They lost a couple pieces. They'll still be really good. Don't fucking draft them early, like. It's never worth it. Number one defenses never repeat. Usually the top two or three don't ever like really repeat fully. Like it's just never worth it. But either stream or have a have a defense you're targeting that you're gonna pick like a round and a half earlier than they should go, or a round earlier than they should go, that you think has a chance to be the one this year. Other yeah. than that, get a defense that has a good match with the first two or three weeks. Yeah. Because you're gonna get the Steelers. Somebody's going to keep the Steelers on their team for most weeks this year and hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I am targeting Washington football team defense and all of my redraft leagues. I do not know yet, uh, but I will say I would rather take anyone. Jacoby Myers, Henry Ruggs, Paris Campbell, uh, any of Jarvis Landry, even maybe Hollywood Brown, Robbie Anderson, all these guys I'd take instead. I mean, we're, that's a realistic kind of possibility where the Steelers will go. Yeah. Yep. That is very fair. All right. And lastly, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, man, this is a fun year to talk about the Browns, and I can't wait to get into it even deeper as the offseason rolls on and into the season. But the three questions, buy or sell, Nick Chubb as RB3, and Kareem Hunt as RB15. As what the fuck? Uh, it's been a long night. We're 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 pushing it here. Uh, second question: uh, How are they going to distribute targets to the wide receivers, or just in general the weapons? And then three: Are the Browns an actual Super Bowl contender? 
definitely saving that one for last. Number one, buy or sell Nick Chubb as RB3, Kareem Hunt as RB15, Randy, go. Oh, I I don't think people understand how close this is going to be. Um, Chubb, I don't even remember what he finished, but it was definitely high last year, and he missed like six games. Hunt was an RB1 last year, uh, obviously with a couple of those games, but he's also banged up for the first couple of those games. Chubb was out. Uh, I, I'm going to buy this. I, I think they both dominate. Um, maybe that <laughs> means that we don't have like 2,000-yard receiving targets, which is probably still going to happen, I'm just saying. Uh, I think this offense is going to truly be next level with a full year of Odell. I think that's kind of the biggest thing, and I think these two are the biggest beneficiaries because they are going to get an unfair, for fantasy, an unfair amount of run zone touches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Nick Chubb has RB1 potential in this offense. He was the RB11 uh, in 12 games last year, so 75% of the season. He was the RB8 in points per game, and that was also in an offense where he did uh, finish second to Kareem Hunt in carries overall. Now the carries per game are probably pretty similar, but uh, yeah, Nick Chubb's upside is absurd, so I'm going to buy that one. Kareem is RB15 at that same uh, – if if Chubb's the RB3, I think I would sell Hunt as the RB15 or higher. No, I think I would – It's It's together. I, so yeah, then I'd have to sell. Then I'd have to sell. So I would say See, if Chubb ends up the RB3, then I would say Hunt would end up like RB21, 22, somewhere around there. I think it'd be close. <laughs> I think Chubb's the lock here, um, and Hunt is the rough one, only because I'm not sure. I think Chubb's going to be the leading rusher of the NFL. Right now, that's what I believe, because I, I, he should have gotten it two years ago. He probably would have got it last year if he didn't get hurt at all with how efficient he was. And I just think he does this year. And for him to be RB3 or higher, that means he has to still get a good amount of the touchdowns. And for Hunt to be 15, he's going to get good passing work, which he still will, and a good amount of touchdowns. So I'm not sure. I think Chubb would need like a 60% of the touchdowns, 65 and yeah. that might kill off Hunt as 15. So I, I agree with you technically, but I'm still going to buy. Maybe greed, but I'm doing it. Yeah, that, that's fun anyway. Um, all right, target dis- distribution. How are they going to do it? You mentioned Odell. How are they going to incorporate him back into this offense? What kind of do you see his role being? Um, because I don't think it's going to be the same personally. Do you think it's going to be the same as how they used him last year? Ready, um, go. <laughs> Role necessarily, I think, will probably be about the same. Um, I think immediate usage clearly showed just absolutely trying to give him a ton of targets to make it work didn't make sense, made the offense worse. So I don't think they're going to go back to that. I think it'll be a a heavy 12 personnel usage because there's no other point to that. (laughs) You have to with this team. So I think tight ends in general are going to get, oh, like 30% of the touches, maybe 20, 25, with the running backs getting 10 or 15, and then Landry and Odell splitting the rest. I think both have a great chance to be 1,000-yard receivers. I think 
the tight ends won't be thousand yard receivers, but Hooper has a good chance to get a really good touchdown number. So he's got to be ranked as a tight end one or right at the fringe for me. And then uh, uh, Chubb won't get a lot of work, but Hunt's going to get a ton. He's the one receiver three of this team. Uh, even unless DPJ shows an ungodly improvement or Higgins does like the actual wide receiver three, that's not a tight end would have to be hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I do think that the tight end that I think Najoku is going to win the job. I think he's going to be the one. I think he was probably the best tight end last year, but Hooper did battle some injuries throughout the year. Um, did. Biggest thing to help you, and Joku, I don't know what it was. He definitely improved his hands. They still sucked, but there was an improvement. By a lot. And and I think Baker likes throwing to him, especially in the, the end zone. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this all year. Good. And he I, he's all in, too. Like, he's excited to be back. Um, I, I expect the wide receivers to get maybe, maybe five touchdowns inside the 10. Like, in total. Like it's all running backs or tight ends. It's, that's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> or and Baker somehow running it in. Like I, I, just I it's say. barely a wide receiver. Like they they don't scheme shit. Exactly. <laughs> wide receivers in the red zone. Maybe exactly. with a year of Odell they might, but I just don't see it. Why would you change it up? They were so efficient. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question: Are the Browns uh, the biggest? Are they actual Super Bowl contenders? Oh, the the right answer is also a cop out answer, uh, <laughs> and that is to be determined. Uh, I'm not. That's not going to be my actual answer, but that I is know. the right answer because their D line had some like switching, but it's obviously going to be an, an elite part of this team. Secondary question mark still. Uh, great pieces, young pieces, unproven pieces. Got to do a lot still. Um, Linebacking core, same fucking thing. So, and that's what we're talking about here. The offense is fine. <laughs> like, they could, I, for the life of me, I don't know why, but Cleveland Media wants the Browns to, to send Odell out for a fifth-round pick or something. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably just because he doesn't want to talk to him. Um, <laughs> but, like, if they did that, they still would be good on offense because we saw that last year. And they're going to be so much better this year with them, and yes. a full year of continuity with that offensive line. My God, oh my God, uh, <laughs> like the best offensive line in football. Uh, and another year of Odell, in the, or another year of Baker in a, in a system. Finally, a two-year system. So I, I expect enormous things for the offense. The defense has the only question marks. I think they will be at worst a middle of the road defense. So I would then say yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, now, I do think that we're in the minority in thinking that Odell works here. I've seen a lot of Browns fans even say that. Because uh, they, they're they stupid. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love Browns fans. I do. I, not on game day. I, there's a reason I didn't work security for the Browns. It's you, actually. It sucked. It uh, sucked. You, you hated it, and you were I a manager. Uh, I, I love Browns fans. They're the best fans in the world, but they will latch on to an argument and just think it's fact. It's not. Odell is great. Odell is older. Yes, he's had a couple injuries. Yes, he's still an incredible receiver, a great route runner. 
if there was actual time in the pocket, which there was last year, all those deep routes that he was open on eventually two years yeah. ago would have worked out amazing. We saw that last year. <laughs> I mean, and he's it's it's a new system that last year. I think the overstuffing of targets after the week two, I believe, was an overcorrection. I think they'll have a full camp. This is the only actual full camp that Baker will have with both Jarvis and Odell at all. They are going to absolutely kill it. And why would you trade Odell when the rest of your receivers are dog shit still? They're young or they're just average guys. Like, it makes no sense. Not only that, but if you're trading one of Odell or Jarvis, in my opinion, it's Jarvis because Odell he's, he's older, is yeah. well, and plus Odell is better. He he's just yeah. like bar for bar. It doesn't matter what the connection is. It doesn't matter the locker room stuff. If you're just looking at talent, Odell Beckham Jr. is way better than Jarvis Landry at almost everything. Um, I would say Jarvis probably has more sure hands, but even then, Jarvis led the team in drops. I think two years in a row. So. I would say Jarvis is better effort-wise. Probably. Um, He's definitely better leadership-wise and slightly more consistent hands. But better hands is Odell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so yes. um, My my answer to this question is yes. I I do believe that the Browns are. I think it's weird to say, and it's going to take a long time to convince people that it is. Even, you know, Maine. You shouldn't be convinced. we, I, I specifically gave the arguments why they are the art. Yeah, <laughs> it's to be determined. It's you. I mean, even the the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, until about halfway through, we weren't sure. It's true. <laughs> and even yeah. then, we were like, "Well, this defense kind of sucks." Uh, <laughs> and then it got yeah. better. Uh, yes. It, it, so it's you're never quite sure. Honestly, the teams that you're quite sure about usually don't work out anyways. So. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I think they're in the same spot as the Bills, where there's some question marks on the defensive side uh, at different levels. There's a couple question marks on the offense for the Bills that the Browns don't have, but the Bills also have a couple, like they have a couple pieces I would have wished the Browns had. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's about to save for them. They're both on the cusp. The Chiefs are obviously there. That's the AFC. Everyone else is still fighting to get into that cusp territory for me. And NFC is obviously its own thing of old dogs beating down on the new ones. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think the Browns are at least a top five team for Super Bowl consideration. Yeah, I feel that. All right. That is the last question. That is where we will end. So that will do it for episode 159 of The Cut. Uh, again, make sure you guys go to thecutffb.com. We've got another new article coming out tomorrow from one of our new contributors. You can find that uh, tweeted out at the Cut FFB in the morning as well on Twitter, and it will be posted on Facebook and all the good stuff. Uh, but you can find it at thecutffb.com, so make sure you bookmark that. Again, guys, if you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you guys leave us a four- or five-star review. If you think we're a one-star podcast, DM us and tell us you guys suck, but we gave you a four- or five-star anyway. Um, Randy, Fair. anything to add before we bounce? Um, boy, um, busy week personally. Uh, but we are back next week with tight end dynasty rankings and 
NFC East? Yes, sounds that right. sounds right. Yes, NFC East burning questions, which I'm looking forward to because that's yet another division where there's a ton of questions that really need answered. A lot of quarterback questions, which are always the most fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, I, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. All right. So like he said, we'll be back next week at 1030 Eastern. Uh, we do go live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So make sure you guys subscribe to YouTube and, and follow our Facebook group as well. Uh, for Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys next week. Later.